Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Welcome to another episode of the Saddle Up Show with Shot and Destin. I am your host, my co-host, Destin Adams. How are you doing, buddy? You know, I'm doing good. Um, I feel a lot better about Jacksonville week when they're coming to Indy, man. It just, it just it just feels better. See if you click on your feet. When's the last time Jacksonville won in Indy? Man, if you would have asked me this any other day, I wouldn't know the answer. But <laughs> thankfully, I was already in the thought process on Twitter after a conversation. And the, the I know that the Jaguars have not won in Indianapolis since 2017, um, which they swept the Colts that year, obviously, because the Colts haven't won in Jacksonville since 2014. Mm. That's very impressive. Uh, let's get to this injury report, because this is the first injury report of the week. And it's a long one. It's longer than the Chase McLaughlin field goal. It's Tony Brown with a concussion. Stephon Gilmore, who was resting. Eric Johnson with an illness. Ryan Kelly with a hip. Shaq Leonard with a concussion, nose and back. He has the, the trifecta up there. Yannick Ngakwe, he's he's just resting. Quiddy Pay with an ankle. Jonathan Taylor with an ankle. Julian Blackman with an ankle. Naheem Hines with a concussion, who did practice limitly. And Julian Blackman as as well. Taquan Lewis with a concussion, had a limited practice. And Quentin Nelson with an ankle and a shoulder, full practice. Is there anybody that surprised you on this list? Man, what a what a Colts injury report, Rashad. What a (laughs) Indianapolis Colts injury report. I mean, you would think after, like, the long week, maybe this wouldn't be so many. There was a couple rests on there. Um, So those Mm -hmm. might as well not even be there. Right. Um, Shaquille Leonard. Um, it felt like he was gonna miss this week. Um, <laughs> listening to his injury report got me got me thinking of like my neck, my back. And I'll That's stop it. there. And I'll stop okay. there. Yes, please, but, uh, please, my, please. My, my my concussion, my back, <laughs> my nose. Uh, <laughs> um, I I just my concussion. I I don't think I don't know if anything was like shocking to me. Wednesday mm-hmm. doesn't usually matter all that much injury report no. wise. Thursday and Friday are usually the important days with Friday being the real indicator. Right. Um cuz some of these guys that are resting could still rest on Thursday. Uh, Wednesday and Thursday um usually around the league even some vets don't even practice on Wednesday and Thursday. So it just is. so it just really depends. I mean, it's interesting to see very long um, but well, let's see what it looks like Thursday and Friday. And, and I can't mention that injury report and not mention before we move on, uh, Ashton Doolin, who's placed on injury reserve, will be out the next four weeks at least. Did you see? Did you see Adam Schefter with the with the old edit button 
um, Schefter, Schefter has that Twitter blue. Did, I see. Did he? Uh, did he edit something? What, 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 what did he edit? He put out a Doolin tweet and he said Ashton Doolin was put on IR and will miss the entire season. And then he tried. Then he used the edit button on the tweet to say wow. that he isn't expected back this season. Um, wow. You, you, so Adam Schefter, um, a proud user of Twitter blue, we see with the edit button, uh, but. Um, had, had everybody a little nervous there for a second when, when, when I first saw that report. I was like, I was not expecting Doolin to be out for the entire year. Um, but Frank Reich also talked about it today in practice a little bit afterwards, where he shared that he is expected back this year. Yeah. So um, Destin's gonna be subscribing to Twitter Blue from here on out, folks. And then <laughs> I'm, I'm, I know, want it, man. I want it. You, you'll know the financial hierarchy of this show once he does that. Um. Our first question today, our first question today is a voicemail from Mikey McFly. Hey, fellas. Uh, big fan of the show. Uh, appreciate this opportunity. My name is Mike. I'm uh, from Orlando, Florida. And uh, my Twitter handle is Mikey, M-I-K-E-Y underscore McFly5. Uh, so, yeah, again, appreciate the opportunity. Just had a quick question of, these uh, O-line troubles, what do you think is more likely of us firing our offensive line coach, hiring a new one? I've seen the name Eugene uh, Chung, I believe, being thrown around. Uh, either that happening or a combination of Ballard maybe using a draft pick to trade for someone to help stabilize this line, um, or what, what significant changes do you think will be made? So that's my question for the week. Again, go Colts and uh, – Appreciate the opportunity and uh, love the show. Have a good one. Mikey from Orlando. Thanks for the support. Thanks for listening. And thanks for calling. Um, so at Mikey underscore McFly five. How, how we how we thinking about it, Rashad? I'm, I'm digging the name Mikey McFly. I, I like the little alliteration thing. I'm big on that whenever you combine in two names. But the underscore and the number, it makes it tough. It makes it tough. Maybe if he has a cool explanation for the five, I can give you points for that instead of deducting points for that. Because we had a couple of people that explained their at names to, to us on Twitter today, and we had to go back and make some changes to some at names. So I'm, right now, because I like the swagger, I like the aura of Mikey McFly, I'm going to give you a Seven of that alone. Had you not have the underscore and the number in it, that could easily be a nine. Say, I like Mikey McFly. I like how it flows. Mm-hmm. Mikey McFly from Orlando. There's a lot you could do here to not use an underscore <laughs> on the five um, in my head. So Mikey <laughs> McFly without the underscore, I probably would have been digging it like a seven and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I, and I'm about to be stingy on these votes. All right. To get a 10 out of this, it's going to have to be some top tier stuff that you got. Do you, you have know. an example of a, of a 10 off the top of your head? I, I can't right now. I mean, I, I, it's, I'm going to have to see it. It's going to be one of those things that like wows you. Um, but I, it would be yeah. a seven and a half if it wasn't for the underscore. Um, I'm going to drop it mm-hmm. down to a six and a half, a whole point, because I, I just don't mess with underscores, man. I, I used to have one of my own. Ad. I'm a changed man. I'm a recovering um, underscore user. And I, I, just, I just don't like to see him. It brings back some flashbacks. <laughs> but... I- yeah, how do you feel about this question? But yeah, Mikey, thanks for the question, man. 
um, what do I think is more likely um, between the firing and looking for a coach outside or trading P- assets for a- another option? Um, honestly, I would say firing is what I would say is more likely. The, the situation, I've seen um, Chung's name thrown around. He has experience with Frank Reich back in Philadelphia, um, has some experience just coaching a solid unit in Philadelphia when he was there. So I have heard his name a lot. I think it'd be a great idea. I, I, you don't see a lot of guys hiring coaches from outside when that happens. Usually it's just promoting. Um, I believe they have an ex-player as the assistant offensive line coach um, on the staff right now. If I, am I, am I correct in that notion, Rashad? Or am I making that up? Um, repeat that again. I thought I thought the Colts have an assistant offensive line coach right now, right? Like, oh yeah, it's Kevin Mawai. Yeah, let's say former player. Oh yeah, Kevin yeah. Mawai. Yeah, sure. Ke- Kevin Mawai. Um, not a lot of experience coaching on his own, um, but not many teams have that assistant offensive line position already there. Mm-hmm. So to me, it would feel like if they did the right thing and fired Chris Strasser, which I do believe they should do. Um, if you listened to me last week, I even uh, went on to say that I think I'm smarter than Chris Strasser. Um, so, if his wow. family, so if his family's listening, um, they're not going to be listening this week. No. Uh, uh, but I, I think that would be the most likely situation. You fire Chris Strasser, you probably promote from within, but I, I'd be all for t- looking your options. Um, Cause like I said last week, I just think you have to keep changing things until something works. That's what, that's what mid season is. It may not be the greatest thing to do, um, but until you have something that works, you're going to have to keep making changes. I agree wholeheartedly. Um, it starts with, when you look at it, it starts with the coaching, like you said, and Chris Strasser, Kevin Mawai, uh, I believe this is Kevin Mawai's uh, second season, I believe, on board. These This offensive line system, man, it, it, it has been declining since this group particularly have been together. You know, uh, the offensive line played well in spots last year. It wasn't literally the Achilles heel of our team. It wasn't the biggest, you know, issue that we had last season. Carson Wentz did that offensive line no favors. Sorry, putting a dollar in a bucket for saying his name. I'm sorry. But he didn't do this offensive line any favors last year. And with Matt Ryan, that's what we was expecting that with the way the offensive line played last year and now having Matt in the fold, you know, it'll kind of supplement for the the holding on to the ball too long, the waiting to make big plays. And Matt's, Matt's had his uh, share of issues with that as well this season. So, you know, I just – I don't know, man. I, I'm, I'm almost tapped out with offensive line questions, you know, uh, and what can save this offensive line and what can fix this offensive line. But, unfortunately, our next couple of questions is offensive line questions so I, I think Destin tackled that one pretty well so I won't spend too much time elaborating on it yeah when he when he said he was sick of it what he meant was I would love to talk about two more <laughs> right now um, and I, I'm a man who likes to uh, give Rashad what he wants on this show so I'll do just that huh? Here, here's another offensive line question Rashad just for you <sighs> um, this one coming out from at car baby car. Hmm. Craig Jacobs. I just, what you giving that? What you giving that ad name, man? Car baby car. 
Um, I'm interested with it's because it's Carr, like uh, like Derek Carr. Yeah, it's Carr, like yeah, Derek C-A-R-R, Carr. C A R R, baby Carr. Car baby car. I mean, I kind of like how it flows. I won't lie. It, the, 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 the sound, it sounds well. It sounds really good. When you it say really it, good. like when you say it, it sounds better than like when you read it. If that makes sense. Um. So car baby car. I, I'm gonna. I'm gonna go seven. I, I'm gonna go seven. Um. I might be going seven and a half. I like the even when you look at it. The four four four, you know, four letters car, baby car. It looks good. It sounds even better than it looks. I like. I might be going seven and a half, man. I I'm really impressed with that, Craig. Oh, and he has pacers in his. He has pacers in his bio, man. Well, I'm not. I'm not going to give him anything extra for that. I mean, I mean, I guess me neither, because I don't want to taint the grading system. (laughs) Um, But uh, so, what what are your what are your thoughts on? uh, Car baby cars question, which is, are the Colts actively exploring trade options to improve the line by maybe bringing someone back like Chris Reed from the Vikings or from a team that may start to shed starters to rebuild like an Austin Austin Corbett from the Panthers? Colts will only go as far as this offensive line. Yeah, man, um, I I haven't heard anything as far as on the trade front. Um, I know you mentioned Reed in your question. I don't know how much of a viable option Reed is. I do know the Colts did make an offer to him in free agency, but he really just wanted to go back uh, to his hometown. So that's what made that was the deciding factor in his move. I'm pretty sure the money was very similar between what the what the Vikings paid him and what the Colts offered. Um, so I, I don't think the Colts are, are looking there. Uh, Destin may be able to shed some more light on some of the things he's heard, but I, I've heard absolutely nothing on that front. Especially after the recent signing. Uh, did we mention that on the show? I don't believe. I don't believe we ever mentioned that. So, Oh, far. yeah. We brought T.Y. home. All right. You know what? Just got the show, man. <laughs> just, just, just forget it, man. Hey, just, we, br- just... we, we brought T.Y. home. Just, just, just not the same one from Zionsville or nothing. <laughs> yeah. The, the coach signed former, uh, former a couple of teams, actually. I think he was most recently with the Cowboys, though. Uh, Ty Nishki, I want to say that's my best shot. Um, hey, bring it back. Suit. It brings the tackle total to three on the Colts. Um, we have three tackles, I believe we have three guards, two centers, and whatever you want to call Matt Pryor. And do you want to give uh, do you want to give Dennis Kelly's reaction to, to the signing of Ty Nishki? Yeah, so <laughs> I, I believe it was Zach Kiefer from the Athletic quote tweeted, uh, um schultz over from it was a jordan schultz from the score is yeah he broke that news so yeah. zach zach Kiefer quote tweeted uh jordan schultz from the score um just saying uh that they're adding a tackle and he's just interested in why they're not playing dennis kelly and dennis kelly took the liberty of responding to Kiefer, saying i don't know either man <laughs> I, I don't i don't know why i'm not playing either um, that sent Coast Nation into a frenzy too. Hey, it, it, it trickled all the way down into interviews today. They made Dennis Kelly available to the media after practice. Hey, that, that hey, was man. The, that was the Colts PR's choice too. I respect that. I knew I knew early on, you know, Dennis Kelly was injured, and uh, that that was the you know the reason why they chose not to play him. And it kind of just flew under the radar. You know, people really wasn't in an uproar about it. It was nothing to be upset about if he was injured. But the second he got healthy 
and his offensive line looked like that, I knew the questions was coming, man, especially a guy with starter experience, a guy who has played well in spots. I don't know, man. I don't know. They were the using coach... him in camp. They were. Before he got hurt, he was getting snaps in camp. Um, he was out snapping um, at the time, undrafted free agent Ryan Van DeMark um, was kind of getting that second team tackle snaps on the opposite side um, of Ryman. And Dennis Kelly was out snapping him before. So like they had plans to use him, it felt like. Um, he did end up getting hurt, missed some time, did not make the initial 53 was brought back after a few different moves were made um, to where he was brought back onto the 53. And I do want to give Dennis Kelly his liberty. Um, his exact response to Kiefer was a GIF, big GIF fan here. So shout out Dennis Kelly. And it is from Shits Creek, the show. And it's, uh, I literally don't know. I, I, I literally don't know. Um, but so, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I think my answer to the question, by the way, is – I've heard that the Colts are trying everything right now to fix this offensive line. Um, there was that report that came out today from Kevin Bowen when, when Reich was asked about whether or not the team has considered um, sitting Ryan Kelly for Danny Pinter at center. He said that that has not been discussed yet. I do want to remind everyone that the last time that exact question was asked and answer, it was asked if they had considered benching Danny Pinter at right guard, same exact answer word for word was given. And then that very next Sunday without even telling a soul, Will Fries is warming up as the starting right guard of the Colts. And Danny Pinter hasn't played right guard since. And you probably won't. Well, and no, probably about it. He shouldn't unless it's absolute emergency. He is a much better center than he is guard. Weird, man. It's Simple. strange. It's, it's it just is strange. One of, it is one of those weird things. But I don't know. Maybe maybe Ryan Kelly would be would be terrible at guard too. Who knows? Well, um, a question I wanted to ask you. Well, a question from our next supporter says this one is from a good buddy, Landon Oliver. It says, Who do you put? more blame on for the offensive line struggles. Ballard for not adequately addressing key areas this offseason or the coaching staff for playing guys out of position and regression out of starters. Now, I believe we've done Landon's at name already, but we can run over it again, run through it real quick again. His, his at name is at Landon 3MR. And that 3MR, um, after I did my uh, detective work, um, but obviously rush. I have listened to Landon's show over the three man rush podcast. Absolutely. Um, so I like it. I like Landon three MR as a way to use your, the show he, that he's a podcast host of as well as his name. Um, so I think it's nice. I mean, it's simple, nothing too flashy. Um, I've always wanted to ask him like why three man rush? Like, like why? Cause I don't want to watch only three men rush. Do you want to watch only three men rush Rashad? Um, it depends if we're playing Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> I, I, we ain't I mean, it was successful for the Bengals in the AFC Championship. So oh, that's fair. Yeah. But hey, I'm I'm just I was just I'm just poking fun, Landon. But uh, um, nothing flashy, nothing too bad there. I'm gonna say six and a half. Like six I, and a half. Yeah, it's nice, Landon at Landon three MR three man rush the show. Um, my, the only reason it's not a seven or seven and a half is because I have to know that's what he's the podcast host of to know what three MR is. But yeah. I myself did already know that, so that helps. Okay, 
Um, what do you think about this question? Uh, who do you blame for the offensive line struggles? Uh, are you who going front office or coaching staff? Who don't I, I blame, Rashad? I guess I'll make a case for the opposite of whatever you pick. I know because <laughs> um, they both deserve some blame. So I'm just going to blame whichever one you don't blame. I'm going to blame that. One. Yeah. Just make sure. Just make sure we chastise everybody evenly, yeah, I guess. Yes, but, uh, even spread. I mean, me personally, I blame Chris Boward in the front office the most. Um, the reason being that they watched and I don't disagree with Mark Glowinski to the Giants. I don't. I don't disagree with that move. You after where you were going to have to pay Quentin Nelson was going to get paid about three months later. Um, and now in hindsight, knowing when that comes, um, Braden Smith had just gotten paid. Ryan Kelly is a current high, one of the highest paid centers in football. Um, you could not pay Glowinski. I understood it. He goes to the Giants for the highest dollar. Makes sense. Chris Reed. A lot of people get upset with Ballard about letting him walk. He went home. Like, I, I, I know for a fact from what I've heard that they were active in trying to bring Chris Reed back. They liked him. They liked what he brought. They liked his versatility. They wanted him back. He took a, he took a deal to go back home, like Rashad said earlier. Um, the, the Colts, you could just tell there was more than a football decision that went into place there for Chris Reed. Now, where I do, and then obviously they didn't re-sign Eric Fisher, who was an abomination um, last year at the left tackle spot and pass protection. But an upgrade from Matt Pryor. <laughs> but an upgrade from what we've seen from Matt Pryor. Um, now, what I do blame is that you didn't make any moves to correlate those decisions. Um, I didn't need some flashy, like, but you had to bring in actual depth. You had to bring in actual competition because instead what happened is you took a third round rookie who I, I agree fell in the draft, but a guy who was going to need some time at left tackle to be the only real competition to Matt Pryor who had never played left left tackle. And then you throw in Danny Pinter, who you just give the right guard job, who had never played right guard outside of spot snaps here and there. But for the most part in the NFL, all of his snaps came at center. So all of that adding up, you just expected two guys to come in at positions that are not natural to their skill sets and just play well. And to me, that's just asking a lot. That's asking a lot of the coaching staff. That's asking a lot of those players. That's asking a lot of the offensive linemen next to them. So, like, to me, that decision is almost as bad to use the word. Like, that was, that's a malpractice type of move by that front office. You, you have to bring in guys to replace those that left. If you want to, in, to continue having an offensive line that is respectable around the league, and when you go the route of adding a 37-year-old quarterback who, when he has time, I think has been solid, but you have to give him that time more often. So I'm, I'm going to go front office gets the most blame from me. Hello, I'm Neelai Patel, the editor-in-chief of The Verge and host of Decoder, a business podcast where I interview CEOs about big ideas, the problems that come from those ideas, and how they make decisions. It is also surprisingly about org charts. It comes up a lot. We're launching a new limited series that we're calling the Centennial Series, where I talk to CEOs of companies that are over 100 years old, like Xerox, Barnes & Noble, and more. There's no 100-year-old company that's without its struggles, and it's been fascinating to talk to these CEOs about which parts of these companies' history are important and which parts they can let go. A little spoiler for you, if a company is over 100 years old, there's a lot of drama to talk about. It's been a good time. You can listen to the Centennial Series right in the Decoder feed. New episodes of Decoder are out on Tuesday, and the Centennial Series is out on Thursdays. 
Check it out. We think you're really going to like it. You can get it wherever you get your podcasts. Most of the time, we talk about tech in terms of a handful of gigantic companies like Google, Meta, and Apple. But some of the most interesting stuff we find online is the product of a single person. When you're working on your own, I think there's this beauty of being able to come up with an idea and then implement it. Then, in that moment, you don't have to have permission from someone else. There's no red tape. In the Vergecast series, Solo Acts, we'll get to know these people, the tech they use to get stuff done, and the obstacles they face trying to compete with the giants. Some people that I talk to and my friends are like, you know, your competitors are Zuckerberg and Musk. Like, aren't you kind of, like, afraid of that? Every Monday, our friend Ashley Escada will be curating and hosting these interviews and sharing with us what she's learned. I can't believe the McRib locator was originally a tornado locator. Right. <laughs> Pretty wild. Listen to our Solo Acts miniseries now in the Vergecast feed, anywhere you find podcasts. All right, coaches staff, bring your ass here. Um, you know, the front office, like Dustin said, has, has failed the coaching staff. But the coaching staff job is to deal with the people that are in the building. You know, it, it's not the job to worry about who they could have had or what they could have did. It's, this, is, this is your hand, and you play this hand to the best of your ability. And they've been failing on many fronts. You know, you have three players that's, that's Pro Bowl caliber players. Uh, one guy's an all-pro, one guy's a pro bowler, and the other guy is a uh, People who want to say on the brink of being a Pro Bowl right tackle in Brayden Smith. Those three guys have not played up to standards. Uh, I mean, after Matt Pryor, Ryan Kelly has been the second worst offensive lineman. Well, aside from Danny Penter, who's just not even a, a really a real right guard at this point, you know, it's been a mess. It's been a mess. The coaching staff doesn't have these guys ready. Uh, the communication it is not prevalent. It, it has been non-existent pretty much from the early weeks of the season. Now, it's not really so many, so much stunts and, and miscommunication on blitzes that's getting them beat right now. Right now, they're just getting their ass kicked by different guys, you know, all over the field. And until they take a look in the mirror and, and hold each other accountable, it, it's just not going to happen. The, coach, the coaches have to do that themselves. They have to look in the mirror and say, we have to get this correct. Our jobs is on the line. And Chris Strasser should not be getting a wink of sleep at night. He is. He should definitely be on the hot seat. I think he's got to be the first one to go if this thing just doesn't get better after this mini bye week. They've gave you 10 days to get against Jacksonville, against a team you've already saw. You, you have the game plan. You saw what they beat you with. Jacksonville is not going to stray too far away from that game plan this week especially when it comes to the, the way the line is going to is gonna rush the passer, the alignments they're going to use, who's coming, who's not. It, it's not going to be very, very much different. So you guys actually have a blueprint to go off. You saw how you got your butts kicked the first time. So there's no excuse to go out there and repeat the same thing again. I'm pretty, pretty sure this offensive line won't look the same way it looked against Denver on Thursday. That was a drastic change on a short week, which is another coaching flaw that I have to attribute to this coaching staff. If you guys had a bye week, a mini bye week basically coming up in 10 days, why not wait before you implement such a drastic change and do it on a short week of all weeks? Like that just logically doesn't make any sense. So um, this coaching staff has failed this team in, in, in multiple facets when it comes to this offensive line. Uh, the front office, I couldn't agree more with what Destin said. 
they've failed and the coaches have failed as well. I'm just glad we were able to distribute blame evenly. We are just a fair and square podcast, everybody. Um, just like a few weeks ago when the Colts were 1-1-1. One, one, and one. We like to keep it on brand here at the Saddle Up Show. <laughs> Next question here we have, from, we have a two-parter. Um, from at Ben Norgard. So it's Ben Norgard um, is the name as well as at Ben Norgard 15. How are you, how you feeling? Uh, at Ben Norgard. Norgard? I, I think it's Norgard. So it's, it's N-O-R-G-A-A-R-D. Okay. Norgard. So um, I- I'm cool with the name. If that's your, you know, your government name for sure. I'm always good with that. The 15, though, Ben. Ben, why 15, Ben? Hey, he's my thing with it is you got to assume there's not another Ben Norgard. Unless maybe he has another at and he forgot the password. Um, I cannot lie and say my first Twitter account that I had, um, I lost the password for. I don't even know what that at was, though. Probably had numbers. I was a kid. You know what? I'm looking at the, a Ben Norgard without the 15. There is somebody that, and it's not the same guy. So someone, someone did have his ad name. So I, okay, stole I stole it. Yeah, somebody stole it from him. Somebody stole it. Somebody with one follower name. as well. See, those are the worst. Twitter, just get rid of those people. Because Ad Destin Adams is taken, and he needs to go away. We've had this beef before. You guys have heard it. But uh, so I'm assuming it's first name, last name, favorite number. So w- w- what's your score for it? Maybe he was 15 when he when he created his page. Maybe he's, he's been a member since 2016. So that'll make sense. That'll probably put him around 21 years old, 22 years old right now. So I'm going to give it a uh, I can't go no lower than the six, six and a half. I mean, it's it's your your government name, you know, not now if it's not if that's not his name, then. It's this becomes extremely if just, weird. If he just pulled Norgard out of nowhere, yeah, if he just pulled Norgard out of Thin thin air, it's a three. I'm sorry, because you put me through hell trying to learn this name and and pronounce it to pay you the proper respect, and it's not even your real name. It's the three, definitely. But if that's your real name, I'm giving it a six and a half. Yes, I'm I'm, going to go six and a half. I mean, I think it's fine. It's uh, your first name, last name, favorite number is kind of like what my head is going to on it. I have no issue with it. Um, it's just, if you, if you want to get into those top tier scores, I just got to see a little more, you know, uh, but mm-hmm. appreciate the question here from Ben. It's a two-parter. First one. Do you think Alec Pierce's reps will increase this week? The second question. Also, they have so many tall wide receivers and tight ends, and I feel like they're not utilizing the jump ball enough in the red zone. What do you guys think? Um, that's actually a pretty good question. You ha- you would have to assume that Alec Pierce Pierce's reps will increase. You know, if not, if you don't want to attribute it to him just play- flat out playing better than he was at the beginning of the season, um, getting more familiar with the playbook, building more of a rapport with Matt Ryan. But you can also say, due to the Ashton Doolin injury as well, you know that there's going to be a few more snaps to go around. And not only is those back end guys are gonna gonna pick up snaps, but Alec Pierce on some of those some of those sets where the Colts want to run the ball with Ashton Doolin and Michael Pittman with the guys out there. Maybe you swap Ashton Doolin out now and get Alex Pierce some of those reps, and then you can run some of those play action out of those heavy sets out of the the twelve personnel or maybe thirty maybe even thirteen personnel. You know, you never know what 
Frank Wright will have in, in store for this week. But I definitely think with the way he's been playing that it it, it has to increase. And as far as the second part of that question of use, utilizing the big guys in the red zone, um, I think they haven't had many, many red zone situations where I was just, you know, pissed with the play call. And I, I feel like they've been pretty, pretty standard, pretty blah down there. Whenever they've had time, you know, Jel- Jelani Woods caught the two touchdowns. Um, that was pretty – it wasn't jump balls, but they were thrown up, you know, where he had to reach reach to kind of bring those balls in. Uh, Alec Pierce and Ashton Doolin actually had catches in the very first game that one was dropped. And ever since Alec Pierce uh, dropped that pass in the first game, man, since he's been back, he's been an absolute monster. You know, he's he's been catching jump balls, 50-50 balls, just not in the red zone for some reason. Uh, maybe we get that this week. You know, they see he have a one-on-one situation. And a lot of that will will be more of an option when Jonathan Taylor comes back and teams decide to throw eight, nine in a box. You know, safety safety comes down and, and it's one-on-one on those outside. And you get those jump balls with Michael Pittman or, or Alec Pierce or the tight ends that get a mismatch as well. Yeah, I like to call Alec Pierce, Alec Monstar Pierce. Um, like, dude, dude. He's just got it. I mean, I said it a couple of weeks ago on here that I just feel like the Colts really have their one-two receiver of the future. Um, it's just about having that consistent third piece that I think is necessary to add to this room. Um, his, his snapshot has to go up. The fact that he hasn't been the number two receiver in snap count is ridiculous. I mean, I, I think Paris Campbell showed some things last game that I wanted to see. I liked it. Um, he's showing some separation, which is nice to see. Um, but when Alec Pierce is doing what he's doing, and what it appears that Matt Ryan has some trust in this kid. Because if Matt Ryan's in trouble and he needs to throw it up, he went to Alec Pierce this last week, and he fed him. And Alec Pierce did what he had to do with it. Um, I think where Alec Pierce has struggled a little bit early on is when he gets kind of stuffed on a route on the middle of the field and he has to make the catch with the, with arm play going on. And that's a he's a young guy. He's going to learn that. It's going to get better. But where he does not struggle is if he has to go one-on-one with a defender up in the air to make a play, he makes the play, um, which is why I have nicknamed him Alec Monstar Pierce, which takes me into the second question where I believe the red zone package should be called the monster package where you have Michael Pittman, Alec Pierce, Mo Alley Cox, and Jelani Woods all on the field for all four of those dang plays in the goal line. And you get a touchdown. You have Jonathan Taylor in the backfield. Like there's just so many different things that are going to be going through defensive coordinators heads when you were running that lineup. Yeah, somebody has to get a one-on-one in that situation, right? Have to. I mean, you you have five linemen, the quarterback, that's six. You got Taylor in the backfield to show you have the ability to run, seven. And then you got the four big men on the outside slash inside, two and two, if you want to, however you want to place them. That's four big guys to get to your 11 people on the field. But that's just, to me, that's got to be the go-to red zone package. They can name it whatever they want. I named it the Monstar package um, after Alec, P- Alec Monstar Pierce, of course. But <laughs> I, I just think you have the size, and you have guys that are that are able to make the big play, like those big catches. You've seen Wally Cox 
excel in making those tough catches over defenders. Michael Pittman has shown that. Alec Pierce has shown that this year. And Jelani Woods, I think he makes some tough catches, even though they've not been throw-ups. I mean, those two touchdowns were tough, with defenders all over him. In the middle of the field, we kind of see him be able to make those plays where he just holds on to the ball which is great to see because in training camp, he struggled with drops here and there. Um, and yet we haven't seen that when he's on the field. So, I mean, our first question was, should Alec Pierce's snap counts go up? And I a hundred percent agree. Um, Jelani Woods needs to see his snap counts go up as well. I agree, man. I agree. Talking about things we're most impressed with, man, that, that Alec, Alec Pierce release. I was tweeting about that whew, before the season even started in, in training camp. It's it's deadly. It's real, man. I saw it at the Senior Bowl. Um, the 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 release is deadly for a man his size, and now he's playing with the ability to show strong hands through the catch, man. Like he's catching the ball in traffic, and if he's gonna be able to consistently do that, w- along with the amount of juice he has, woo, you don't know who you deadly, don't know who man. you don't know who the X or Z receiver is at times. Like the Colts, no, you can't. You can't tell. They don't. Yeah, the way that's they what line I'm saying. up. No, the Col- you can't the tell. The Colts have a duo to where both can be the X, the Z. I think mm-hmm. you can put. I think you could play both in the slot technically. But Alec Pierce has the speed to where if you needed to run him out of the Y, you can run him out the Y. But that I think that's my favorite part about this Alec Pierce Pittman duo is they both have the skill set to be able to operate in the X and the Z, mm-hmm. and. Uh, just give the guy more snaps. Yeah, yeah we even guy. saw Michael Pittman do a lot of work from the slot on, on some of those crossover routes, especially when uh, Philip Rivers was there. You know, he showed a lot of yak ability that people thought he didn't have coming out of college. That was a knock on him. And, well, they learned. They learned. All right, going to our next question. Got our boy, Matt Merringer. His at name is at M Merringer 5 I believe we've done him as well on this show, but Destin, real quick, what do you have for his at name? We have had Matt's questions on here before, so once again, appreciate the questions, Matt. I think I don't know if we've done a question since we've started actually grading at names. Um, yeah. It's the number five again, so M Maringer five. Um, I, I'm a pretty much stick to this when it's like a first name, initial, last name number. Like that six and a half area seems very fair. Like that, that's a solid easy at name first name last name number nothing's wrong with it at all it's just not in the flashy that's going to get the seven and higher for me yeah so yeah i i have it the same as well that's just a pretty safe number you know pretty safe at name pretty safe number you get so his question is with how well the defense has been playing the last three games for the most part how do we keep trevor from dunking dunking dumping quick passes all over us again he mentioned Zach Hicks, and he said Zach mentioned how teams have been playing the Jags the last couple of weeks. It's opposite of Bradley style. And in, in case y'all haven't noticed, we're trans, transitioning over to the upcoming Jacksonville game, where we're going to touch on a couple of things that we think is important that you guys have asked us. So, Destin, let me get your thoughts on how do you think the coach should play Trevor Lawrence this go-around? Yeah, I I think we saw a great tape that they can watch on how not to play Trevor Lawrence a few weeks ago (laughs) when the Colts played Trevor Lawrence. That was teach Uh, tape on how not uh, to play. Exactly. That's the greatest tape you can put on and be like, this is what he does when you play him the wrong way. Um, You can't let the guy get comfortable. Um, We've seen the last couple of weeks. If you can rattle Trevor Lawrence early, he kind of stays rattled through the game, which is weird because I don't feel like we saw as much of that on his college tape at Clemson. 
but his Jacksonville tape, you just see it. If you can disrupt Trevor Lawrence early, he's just going to be a guy who remains rattled throughout the game. So to me, you're going to have to do that because I want to see the defensive line we saw in Denver. That, that defensive line can win you games. That defensive line was impressive. DeForest Buckner looked like a problem again. Like DeForest Buckner looked like DeForest Buckner this past week. Um, Yannick, Yannick starting to look like himself off the edge. Quiddy Pay has been looking so nice. And sadly, Quiddy Pay is out. Uh, we he's gonna miss this game for sure. They, I mean, they haven't listed mm. him as out, and they haven't put him on IR, which is crazy to me. Still, that's not a part of this question at all. Yeah, but that that has to be a good sign. They have not felt the need to put him on that IR for the four weeks. Um, but you got to get to Trevor Lawrence early. Um, I think the secondary is playing a lot better. You can tell that they are a lot more comfortable in this scheme. They're they're becoming, they're being able to adjust on the fly a little bit. They're learning. Bradley trusts those guys. Um, so. I just think you got to use the defensive line as an asset. You got to get home with him. You got to cause Trevor Lawrence to be uncomfortable and then let the secondary do their jobs on the back end. Well, the defense we've seen the last two weeks is good enough to beat the Jaguars. I I a hundred percent agree. Believe that. Yeah, man. I think, I think you touched on the biggest one and, and that's, you know, getting after him, making him uncomfortable, moving him off of his spot, making him kind of throw off platform. Although he have the arm talent to do it, that's not something, and he wants to consistently have to do or hear those footsteps in the back of his head while he's in that pocket. Uh thing I'm going to touch on is is the secondary that you mentioned briefly. With a guy like Trevor Lawrence and, and those quick, quick rhythm things that he's trying to throw, you got to get physical at the line of scrimmage. You got to disrupt his timing. If, if you can jam some of those wide receivers or just get hands on them and reroute them a little bit at the line of scrimmage, that'll mess with his time and a couple of off the off ball throw off-target throws, and then, you know, next thing you know, they're punting, and you're getting the ball back for your offense. So I think those two things are important. And, and the third thing is Trevor Lawrence is still a fairly young quarterback. Disguise a couple of coverages, you know, disguise looks, throw different looks, um, start off in single high, and then have that safety bail out into a cover two or a cover four, you know, use cover one and, and have a robber as one of the safeties coming down to just disrupt the easy rhythm throws that they're going to try to get because that's what the coats allow some of those simple, easy completions where the guy's playing 10 or 15 yards off and all of us are on Twitter scratching our head, watching this happen just unbelievably because we just can't figure out why on the third and the seven, the guy's 10 yards off. And as the receiver's approaching the first down marker, he's bailing out. Like we, we just can't figure out what is going on with that. But that's things that are easily correctable. And Gus Bradley has to be preaching this to his secondary. Get physical with these guys. And Jacksonville's, they're not a team full of burners. You know, it's not a guy, a bunch of guys that's going to beat you deep. You know, Kristen Kirk has real speed. But some of those other guys, man, they, you don't have to worry about those guys beating you like that over the top. If you was able to play Kansas City at the line of scrimmage and get physical with, with a team like that, they have more team speed than Jacksonville. So I'm pretty sure you'll be fine in those situations, but that's the key, man. Get hands on those guys at the line of scrimmage, kind of reroute them. And, and I think you'll have success. Yeah. I mean, I, I agree with everything you just said. I, I we, the big thing for us is just going to be showing Jacksonville that we decide the tempo of this game. Cause what happened a couple of weeks ago was Jacksonville came, we went to Jacksonville and they basically told us every single play, this is how this is going to go. We, we, we cannot allow that kind of comfortability this week. We just can't. 
Um, but looking on here to our last question, also still centering in on Jacksonville this week. This one's coming from at Colts underscore coverage. And this is our guy, Eric um, Rashad. So the at is at Colts underscore coverage. Um, the underscore. <laughs> I, I see it. It's, it's trying to hide between the Colts and the coverage there. I know. It, it, he does do a good job of camouflaging that, that underscore. I'm not going to lie. But it is there. Um, and for that reason, I got to go in the in the sixth realm. I mean, Colts coverage, to be able to get anything close to just Colts coverage, only having to use the at score, at, the underscore, is a That's solid, why I give credit. Is yeah. solid at, just because you had to be early on that to get it. Looks like this has been an account since October 2013. So they were able to get in there and get that. So uh, congrats there. But I'm, I'm going to go six, a little lower than the six and a half, because the that, that underscore. Okay, um, I'm currently doing research to come up with my grade. You're doing research. I like it. Yeah, I'm doing research. I'm seeing who has at Colts coverage, just the Colts coverage. Okay, at Colts coverage is took, so that's why you went with the underscore. Okay, if that name was available and you still had that underscore in your name, that would have been nasty. That would have been nasty work. That was a choice. Yeah. That that, that becomes a choice in that moment. I get it. I understand. Exactly. So, you know, we, we do our due diligence up here, man. But uh, uh, Shout out to E. He's my guy. A uh, lot of history there. Uh, shout out to the Blue Stable. Uh, E's back over there. I saw your announcement. Uh, proud of you, bro. Congratulations. Uh, go over there and kill it. And what, his... man? Oh. What, what you was about to say? Go ahead. Oh, oh, I was saying his question um, was that the team has been embarrassed twice in a row by the Jaguars. Um, the Colts are getting a huge chance to climb back to where they need to be these two weeks. Which unit do you believe will be the key to getting back on track versus a team that has had the Colts number recently? It's the unit I am sick and tired of talking about. It is the offensive line. I'm sorry that it's so front door and that it's so obvious that this is the unit I just never thought this would be the weakness of this team, man. I'm just so disappointed in the way that these guys are playing. It, it's inexcusable. They're, they're too talented. You know, I know Ballard knew that, okay, I have three legit dogs. I'm going to have to skim out on two of those positions because I just can't afford to pay anybody else anything. So I need one of these rookies or undrafted free agents. I need somebody like that to hit in order for me to justify paying these other three guys this type of money for a unit. And they're all bombed. They're, they're all just bombed out. It's just bottomed out, and it's just caused this team to struggle to in the first quarter of a season. Again, like it, this is offensive line to me is, I don't want to say solely to blame, but they're, they're mostly to blame. Matt Ryan struggles, I think, is heavily predicated on this offensive line. And I think if they can be semi-competent, I think you'll see him play at a level higher and and play much better because the guy still has the IQ. The guy still has some juice in his arm. It's not like he's on his last leg. Matt Ryan is playing solid football when he's protected. But a couple of those times when he is getting clean pockets, he's hearing those footsteps in his head as well. He doesn't fully trust these guys. A couple of those interceptions he threw, those were were forced balls. He did not have to throw those balls Thursday night. He wasn't even under pressure for one of them for sure. 
you know, it just was a matter of I got to get this ball out because I can't trust these guys to hold up their end of the bargain. So this is a fairly easy answer to me. I didn't even look at another position group. It comes down to this offensive line. If the offensive line plays the way they're supposed to play, I don't doubt that the Colts beat Jacksonville at home again and could go on the road in Tennessee and beat Tennessee. That's not a tough task if this offensive line does what they're supposed to do. I hope we get to the point where we don't have to talk about the offensive line like this anymore. Um, I mean, you touched on it. I do think that is the realm of things that is the key. Um, I will talk a little bit more about somewhere else just because I think you you handled it. That 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 is the key to the game. This offense is an entirely different offense when that is happening. Um, so I'm going to talk about Matt Ryan in specific uh, because the offensive line didn't look good last time we played the Jaguars. The defense didn't look good last time we played the Jaguars. Um, you touched on the offensive line. I'm, I'm starting to trust the defense again. I, I just feel like the defense we've seen the last two weeks, that defense is going to be out there. So I don't have any doubts about that unit. Um, Matt Ryan, I think he's looked good when the pocket's clean. I really do, um, for the most part. Three weeks, really, if you include the that's Kansas true. City game. That's true. Yeah, oh, that's that true. That was a masterful, masterful performance. Th- this is true. Last, the last three weeks, I should not shortchange it. It, it yeah. has been three really good weeks from that unit and Gus Bradley, um, who had some really early criticism. So got to give that to the guy. Um, but on the offensive end, Matt Ryan, when he has a clean pocket, I think the offense is able to make plays, big plays, medium level plays. Um, so to me, you're just going to have to give him that so we can see it. Um, Because on Thursday, both interceptions felt like clean pockets. Um, Rashad mentioned it a little bit. The reasoning for that probably is that Matt Ryan doesn't know. Matt Ryan doesn't know if he's just going to get a hand coming in and he's going to fumble the ball again. The guy's leading the league in fumbles, which is super uncharacteristic for the guy. This is a new thing for him. No one and their mom would have bet that Matt Ryan was leading the league in fumbles. And if you did, I need some lotto numbers. And – Need them now. Feel free to DM them to me at the Destin Adams. Man. At, at at score for that would be about a nine and a half. Great score for that. All at, right, now what but... we're not gonna do is grade you on a curve, <laughs> Destin. Yeah, you know? hey, we're not hey, gonna do that. I am a fair grader only, especially when it's my own. But Matt Ryan, to me, um, he's got to get comfortable. That's gonna start with the offensive line, but you let Matt Ryan get comfortable, and then let him decide what that this tempo is gonna be. Um, I think Jonathan Taylor will be back in this game. I think Matt Ryan's going to need to know when to check out of things. He's going to have to get into that because they trust Matt Ryan into this. Um, He's going to have to be able to read defense as well. Jacksonville had his number last time where we saw Matt Ryan checking into runs and Jacksonville was ready for it. Um, You have to be able to read what's happening. Read those young linebackers on Jacksonville that are fun. They're flashy, but they're young. This is where the Colts have that edge is Matt Ryan has to see that he's has to read that and then make the right plays, make the right reads um, and make big plays and get Alec Monstar Pierce, the ball, baby. Hey man, it's about that time. You know what we do on this day every week. We give our predictions, man. It's prediction time. I Destin, I need to know who wins and I need a score. The Colts get over that 23 number that everyone's been waiting for them to get over. Um, they score 27, and they actually beat Jacksonville 27-17. to 17. I'm feeling good about this week, which means that's a scary thing because I hate feeling good about it. Um, Jacksonville's had our number. They, I would not be surprised if people do pick Jacksonville to beat us. 
but I think Indy's going to put it together. We're going to see the best offensive performance that this team has put on this year outside of the 500 yards that we saw after just one quarter, basically in Houston, obviously. Um, but there's going to be a full game performance. And I think they're going to put up 27, 27, 17 Colts. 27, 17 Colts. The Indianapolis Colts are undefeated when I pick against them. So, with that being said, they have not won a game yet when I have picked them. Tied zero, zero, two, and one. We have tied. <laughs> yeah. So, I picked them to lose to Kansas City. They beat Kansas City. I picked them to lose to Denver. They beat Denver. I'm actually picking them to win this game. I'm going to go with the coach for the first time this season scores over 20 points, 24 to 20 in a barn burner. I think the coach, I think the coach will be down 20 to 17 and a, a, a touchdown, maybe with about four to five minutes left, put them ahead. 24, 20. Who's it to he, call your shot? Who's my, who's my what? Who's the touchdown to? Call your shot. We'll come back. Oh, oh I, I do it. Um, my, The touchdown is going to be to Michael Pittman. It's going to be a Michael Pittman touchdown. It couldn't have been Alec Pierce's first touchdown. There was so much, there was so much potential here. Alec Pierce will get his first touchdown against the Tennessee in Tennessee next week. I'm calling that shot as well. He's, getting, he's, on, he's getting his first two Sunday. Man, he can get his first, third one. He can get his third one at, at Tennessee. I'm, I'm not going to lie. Destin called that Alec Pierce was gonna have. I think you said eighty yards, but he called the touchdown as well. So, so you you get half and half. You which did is why he's scoring eight. two, which is why he's scoring two Sunday. You called because... the eighty yards. I, I'm definitely gonna give you your flowers for that. I'm not one of those guys that say if you miss one thing about the predict, just throw it all out the window. Nah, you called eighty yards in the touchdown. He got the eighty yards. Kudos to you for that. But he didn't get that touchdown. It's still eluding him. That he's pretty close to getting. I think he's gonna get it against Tennessee. Destin's calling it against Jacksonville two. this week. I said it. I said two. it. I'm living with it. Alec Pierce scores two touchdowns on Sunday against Jacksonville. Woo! Big words. Big words. Hopefully, man. I, I, I'm telling you, I would love to be wrong. I would love to be wrong and for you to be right on this one. Alec Pierce scores two touchdowns because that means you don't want helps. me to be right. You don't want me to be right. Next <laughs> Tuesday's show will be unbearable. Oh no, I, I'm trust me. If it results in a win then I'm fine. Now, if you're right and, and the Colts lose, then you're right. I don't want to hear it. <laughs> so, man, do you have anything else you want to close out with before we get out of here? No, nothing else. Um, let's, let's just see the Colts rebound. Let's see who they actually are. I mean, it, when your back's against the wall, um, you got to win on Thursday night. Build off that. It was an ugly win. Jim Irsay wanted to say that there's no such thing as an ugly win. Destin Adams tells you there's a thing as an ugly win, and we saw it last Thursday. I want to see a beautiful win this this Sunday. Um, so let's let's see how the Colts respond. Chris Ballard and Frank Wright have not been a great first quarter, but they've been awesome in the second quarter throughout their career. So let's just see if they can continue the momentum as we ride into Sunday for the Jacksonville game. See you next week, and thank you for listening to the Saddle Up Show. Peace.